Parenting is a full-time job, and providing effective support for today's teens can be challenging. The Parent Engage 360 podcast aims to provide connections and information from experts in the fields of chemical health, mental health, internet safety, and more. It's a comprehensive view on parenting, provided in a personal, convenient format. Tune in to today's episode of the Parent Engage 360 podcast series. Welcome to our second episode of the Parent Engage 360 podcast. This is Liz Burgard, Parent Involvement Coordinator with Anoka Hennepin Schools. Today I'm joined by Colleen O'Neill, the Anoka Hennepin Chemical Health Prevention Specialist, and Kirsten Anderson, the Regional Coordinator, funded by the Department of Human Services. Both are proactive and knowledgeable advocates in the realm of chemical health and are here to provide us with insights and tips about what parents need to know about chemical health and ways to help their children. Welcome, Colleen and Kirsten. Hi, thank you for having us. Thank you so much for joining us today. We'd like to start off our podcast learning a little bit more about you and how you began this important work. Colleen, since you work for the district, would you mind telling us about yourself first? Absolutely. I'm Colleen O'Neill, and I am a licensed alcohol and drug counselor. And prior to joining Anoka Hennepin School District this past school year, I did work in District 833, providing chemical health services directly to those students in South Washington County. So I am extremely excited to take that knowledge and my experience and passion and bring it to Anoka Hennepin students and families. Thanks, Colleen. Sounds like you have some really great experience to share with us today. Kirsten, would you mind telling us a little bit about your work? Yeah, sure. So I got my MPH about two and a half years ago from the University of Wisconsin La Crosse, and I am now a regional alcohol, tobacco, and other drugs prevention coordinator funded through the Department of Human Services Behavioral Health Division. I'm on a team that covers the whole state, but I focus on the seven-county metro area. And as a team, we provide free support services to communities, organizations, and individuals that focus on addressing the root causes of substance misuse behaviors. I really appreciate having the Anoka Hennepin perspective and also the statewide perspective, especially what's going on in the seven counties around chemical health use. And I know that the two of you work close on the work that you do together. So thank you for being here again today. To start off our podcast, Kirsten, would you mind telling our listeners a little bit about the current chemical health trends that are occurring among our youth? Yeah, sure. So in Minnesota, we have a student survey that is conducted every three years in grades 5, 8th, 9th, and 11th. And in 2019, the state participation rate was 81% of student enrollment. The state reported data shows that vape and e-cigarette use is the most used substance. And then next was alcohol use, then marijuana use, then binge drinking, then prescription drug use. According to the 2019 student survey, one in four Minnesota 11th graders reported using an e-cigarette in the last 30 days. And that shows a 54% increase from the last student survey in 2016. So that's saying that there is definitely the largest jump in vaping and e-cigarette use over all other substances, which is also shown in the Anoka Hennepin student survey data. So in Anoka Hennepin, 8th, 9th, and 11th graders, the use rates for 2019 Minnesota student survey show that e-cigarettes are the most used at 8.8% and then followed by marijuana and alcohol. 
So the overall message there is that most students are choosing to not use any substances in your district, which is awesome. That is really good information to know because I know the perception oftentimes is that all students or a lot of students or my peers are using. Colleen, is that what you're hearing when you're working in schools? Yeah, absolutely. That is definitely what I see and what I hear and what students share with me. So one of the first things is just um, listening to what they say and what they report. And if they do bring it to my attention that they believe everybody is using, I definitely refer to the Minnesota Student Survey. And I also talk about being mindful of people beyond your circle and really, really look around you and broaden that perception, not just on the few people around you, but look at the entire school that you attend um, overall and recognize that data does show by quite a bit that most students are not using. So um, we do a lot of talk around that anytime I have the opportunity. So knowing that you have the conversations with students and parents are the audience that may be listening to this podcast, can you give us some signs that parents should be looking for and how they could differentiate if there's a mental health or a chemical health concern with their child? Sure. The similarities of signs of students having challenges or issues between mental health and substance use are very, very similar. So I think the first thing is, as Sue had mentioned in the prior podcast, to really go with your gut. As a parent, listen to that. And if you really start noticing some differences, even slight differences, you know, start learning and figuring out how to have that conversation and ask that question or those questions to your student, mostly because they are so intertwined. And so we can't assume that it is caused by maybe a pre-existing condition of anxiety or depression or even ADHD, um, we can't forget that a lot of those feelings and the way that students behave are similar to mental health when they are actually using and might have a substance use or misuse challenge. Yeah, thank you for sharing that information with us. And Kirsten, kind of along those same lines, if parents are concerned, are there precautions that they can take or are there risk factors that they should be watching in for? Yeah, so a risk factor is a characteristic that is associated with a higher likelihood of negative outcomes. And one hidden risk factor is misperceptions. So Anoka Hennepin students for the 8th, ninth, and 11th grade students perceive that 64% of their peers are using e-cigarettes. So if you remember when I was stating what the actual use was, that was 8.8% of actual use. That's a huge gap. And the gaps were present as well for the other substances of marijuana and alcohol. So just having that conversation with their students on what the actual use rate is with their peers and what they're perceiving and clearing that up If you have that conversation and make sure they know what the actual use rate is, that turns into a protective factor when they know that most aren't using. As all of us know that right now we have a pandemic going on, have you noticed any change or any impact on youth and substance abuse? And have any new trends been discovered 
or things that have been noticed based on what is going on in our current society? That's a great question. You know, we we all know what the challenges have been with distance learning. And when it comes to substance use or misuse, the challenges are just as prevalent. Sadly, without being able to meet with students face to face, it it has been you know difficult to connect with students and to make sure that they're aware of the supports that we offer in the district or those supports that are offered in the community. So I wish I could say definitely that substance use or misuse has decreased, but I fear that use has actually maybe gone up just because we're not able to see it and we're not able to provide those services that are really needed right now face-to-face. There are an awful lot of services available out there that are virtual and we as a district did offer virtual support groups. However, um, with school at the end and with summertime being in front of us, I think one of the biggest things is really Supporting parents and helping parents recognize and help them figure out what to do with that if they find that their student is actually using and what the next steps might look like for them and where do they go for that support. And Kirsten, would you agree with that information or have you seen anything different from the statewide level? Um, Yeah, there was a convenience survey that was done with high school students by Association for Non-Smokers during the stay-at-home order. And the students were reporting that they were less likely to quit during the stay-at-home order than before. Mm -hmm. Um, Another thing to note from that survey that was interesting is they were using the most at home when they were vaping. And that was before and after the stay-at-home order. So knowing that we have this information that has happened during the pandemic and that students are using more at home, potentially vaping more at home, um, what, what causes, why do you think that students are doing that and what can parents do because it is at their home? Well, I think the reason that students are doing it is because there's a lack of coping skills. And, you know, we all are dealing with a pandemic in in different ways right now. And we can't forget that this is affecting those kids as much as it affects us as adults. And, you know, we have this, I think, misconception that kids are resilient. And I, I do believe they are. However, we can't ignore the fact that They might have some other underlying needs that aren't being met. And those needs might be, you know, maybe it is mental health. um, But when they're unmet and students don't like that feeling, oftentimes they turn to using substances, you know. And a lot of the conversation that I have with students is the reason behind their use is so they can get out of their head. And, you know, unfortunately, when they are using, it does allow them that brief opportunity to not be in the middle of whatever that chaos might be. And that's where that that marriage is between mental health and substance use. So, yeah, I mean, I wish there was an easy, easy fix to that. But again, I think as a parent, it's extremely important to, you know, just sit back and listen and ask Ask questions, but ask them using I statements, something on the line of, you know, I'm concerned about you. I'm worried. I've noticed. And talk about your perception towards that and allow them the opportunity to recognize that you're willing to have the conversation rather than be challenging that behavior. 
if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a great tip. Thinking a little bit about that and having the tip as a parent to use the I statement, Mm -hmm. it's sometimes hard to even start the conversation or to recognize you you maybe have this feeling that your child is using a substance or maybe you find a vape pen in your home or something like that and you can use the I statements. But even before that, what recommendations do you guys have to even just start the conversation? What are some tips that you can provide us? I think with the data that Kirsten shared, I think it it would be beneficial for parents to go to the Minnesota Student Survey and maybe familiarize themselves with that survey and with what the questions are and maybe start the conversation out about this is a fact versus, you know, a perception. Kirsten, I don't know if you could add to that. Yeah, um, something a little more along the lines of data is just but from the Minnesota Student Survey, it shows that if those adults show that they care for their students, that they're less likely to use. So simply making it known that you are caring about your student and loving them is a productive factor. And then another step deeper is letting them know that they can come and talk to you about anything. Like Colleen was saying, be open. Don't be judgmental. Make them feel like they can come and talk to you about what's going on in their life. Mm -hmm. And they're, they're then, again, less likely to misuse substances. Thanks for sharing those tips and just even opening up the conversation because, as you know, it can be difficult sometimes to even have those hard conversations with our children. Well, and I think we have to remember, too, that even though we're the parent, we don't always have the answer and we don't always know. And so I think sometimes even leading out with that Mm -hmm. as uh, a beginning point with our student is just saying, hey, teach me, tell me what those challenges look like for you, for your friends in the school setting. Mm -hmm. And that way you are more on an even playing field rather than coming at them from top down. And, you know, when you're able to approach it in that manner, I know from my own experience with my three older children that you will be able to have a much more meaningful conversation with them and they will feel less likely um, intimidated or afraid of what they are sharing with you. So I think that's important to note as well. Yeah, very important. And then I would also add to educate yourself on all the things that are changing, like e-cigarettes and vaping, they're changing every year. And staying on top of that is hard, but there are resources and sites out there that you can um, go to and educate yourself pretty quickly. Anoka Head Up in Schools coordinates a system to support student chemical health and mental health needs. Look for student support under the About Us tab at ahschools.us to review the information available. You can also find access information for Colleen O'Neill, Anoka Hennepin's Chemical Health Specialist, at the Student Support tab. Anoka Hennepin Schools are here to support parents' guardians in removing barriers to student success in school and in life. Now let's return for more information on the Parent Engage 360 podcast. Kirsten, before we left for our break, you had mentioned that there are uh, resources that parents should go and educate themselves on and with to learn a little bit more about current things that are happening with vapes or e-cigarettes. Because as you mentioned, 
things do change all the time. And it feels like young people are always a step ahead of us as adults. So are there resources that you guys could give to or suggest to parents or guardians who are concerned or are looking for information that is easily accessible? Yeah, I would say for all over substance use, um, Minnesota Department of Health is a great source and they can type in the search bar what they're looking for and resources will pop up and they'll keep that up to date. And then also there are great conversation starters out there for any topic on what parents are looking to start talking about with their students. And I would definitely add those resources to an existing um, Anoka Hennepin resource page that can be found under the chemical health link from either the district website or any of the high school websites. And on that resource page are many, many community resources and information for parents on next step or concerns, questions, you know, navigation type of thing, but a wealth of information on that page. And yeah, I will definitely add those conversation starters that might be of benefit as well. Along with that, if I'm a parent or a caregiver and I assume that my children or I'm concerned that my child is using a substance and I go on the website or I have these conversation starters, do either of you have recommendations on different people I could talk to if I was looking for a resource to even have a conversation about how to broach the topic with my child? I would say that um, since Anoka Hennepin has created this position and for me and um, I'm in it, um, being a licensed alcohol and drug counselor, I would definitely say feel free to email me and we can start the conversation. I will help support you and give you information on next steps. So I would definitely say feel free to start out, reach out to me. Mm -hmm. And again, I would probably refer you over to the resource page and we could go through that and talk about the resources in the community. But I think my my biggest piece of advice is to listen. Mm -hmm. Listen and ask questions when you're allowed to, but allow the student to drive that conversation. And again, I would say, listen to your gut. Right. And if you um, have some concerns and it's not going well with the conversation with your student, then by all means, reach out and I will, I will step in and help you navigate that. Uh, I know this kind of segues right into that, but I know since you started in your role, you have a blog on our website. Can you talk a little bit more about that and the information that you share in that as well? I, I do. I started a blog um, in December and every month I look at kind of the trends or what's going on or, you know, where the news is at that moment. And the blog is specific, not just to parents, but to parents, staff, and even students. And so there's a lot of great information on that blog. It's short. It shouldn't be more than a five-minute read, but a lot of information. And I've covered vaping e-cigarettes. I've covered marijuana and vaping marijuana. And this past blog was specific to our graduating class of 2020 mm -hmm. and the challenges um, that they faced and the missed milestones and what that might look like mm -hmm. and how as a parent you can navigate that and how that kind of intertwines with that conversation that we've had today. Right. So a lot of great information on any of those blogs. 
I appreciate them because they are short, but it does give you a lot of information and it also links in additional resources if parents or caregivers have additional questions. So I think that is another great resource in our district that we do offer. As we wrap up our podcast today, you have both shared a lot of really great information with our caregivers and our parents to really support our students in Anoka Hennepin and broader if there's other people listening to this. What is one tip or one takeaway that you would share with a parent or caregiver if you were having a conversation with them today about their child and they're worried that their child is using a substance? What's the first thing you would share with them? I would share to remind them that they are the number one most influential person in that child's life. And showing that you are listening and you do care about them is a huge thing. So simply doing that and starting out and sharing how you feel is so powerful. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I would definitely agree with what Kirsten just said, especially as a parent of three older children. I would say to sit back and listen and to to learn how to listen and respond with permission and and then again as uh, as a mother go with your gut and make it about you not about them and that kind of goes back to using those i statements i've noticed this i'm concerned about this i'm worried about this and um you know knowing when to back off but then also knowing where to reach out. Mm-hmm. I think that you hit it, the nail on the head. It's just knowing that parenting is hard and, and things are going to come up along the way. And to know that if you if you have a gut feeling to either ask the question or maybe have a conversation with your, your friend or an expert at the school district, just to kind of start the conversation and to know that it is okay and that you're not in this alone is some, some other things that I've heard you guys talk about over and just having conversations with you as well. Um, So thank you very much for being here today. We're really grateful for the insights that you shared with us and just really grateful for you joining us. And um, we hope that you have a wonderful day. Thank you for having me. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening. This resource is produced as a partnership between the Anoka Hennepin Parent Engagement Program and Student Services Department. Be sure to check out additional episodes in the Parent Engage 360 podcast series. For more information or to share feedback, visit ahschools.us slash parentengage360.